0: One, two, three. Let's rock. Did Mm. I... uh, Uh, mm. Three, two, one. Roll that roll. What? Oh, no. no. Okay. Anyway, folks, we're back. Welcome to Superhero Ethics. We are once again talking about the great TV show, Cowboy Bebop, the live action. Though we'll be bringing in a lot of stuff from the animated as well. Paul and I have now finished uh, the second half of the season, uh, episodes five through ten. In Paul's case, he finished it, uh, I think he started about like 20 minutes after we stopped recording. Um, and yeah, I, yeah,
1: maybe half an hour, and I finished it that night.
0: Yeah. This is going to come out probably a week later than the first episode, but yeah, I, I'm recording it on Thanksgiving night. Mary and I came home, um, utterly, you know, food combing out, and just zoomed through the last five episodes because <laughs> what else would we do? It's amazing. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so we're talking about that on here on Superhero Ethics with myself and Paul Hoppy, and we're going to get into all of that right after a commercial break that neither me, nor Spike, nor Jet, nor. Ah, Julia, nor Faye. Faye maybe? Faye's mother. I'm, Faye's I'm mother. I'm the
1: one most likely.
0: I'm possible Yeah, oh, the video. So yeah. someone has control over the ads, but it's not us. It's not us. Be right back. Welcome back. I'm Matthew, your host. I'm joined once again for all things Bebop of Cowboys. M-bop, bop, 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 cowboy, Bebop. Mm. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, by Paul Hoppy. Paul, how are we doing today? Um, uh, yeah, medium. I don't know. Uh, yeah. pretty good overall.
1: Uh, some physical pain going on, but we'll mm-hmm. just push through it. Okay. I've been enjoying the TV I've been watching lately, which is a pleasant yeah. experience. I'm happy about that. So,
0: yeah, the, the, there may be an MCU property that uh, you and I are going to get to talk about in some point soon, involving uh, bows and arrows.
1: Yeah, yeah, Marvel's Arrow.
0: On WB+, but no. Oh, WCW? Well, I don't Hawkeye, know, I don't know what these, these channels on. Uh, yeah, it, it's been kind of a crazy, like, and I guess it's because the Thanksgiving weekend is a big time for media and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but starting last weekend, there's so much media that suddenly got released that I really want to get to talk about. Um, Cowboy Bebop, which we're doing today, Wheel of Time, I'll definitely be recording some stuff on, um, uh, Arcane, which I didn't think I would be lining up to watch a TV show based on League of Legends, but I keep hearing it's amazing, (laughs) and we should definitely be recording about it. Uh, House of Gucci, Ashley Coffin and I are going to do something on that, because if martial arts is a superpower, uh, fashion design is definitely a superpower. But today we are Bebop-bopping along with our cowboys. Uh, So, yeah, let's just kind of dive into what did you think of the last five episodes, and kind of the show overall, now that you've seen the whole thing.
1: Overall, I liked it a lot. You know, um, I'd say the first and last episodes were maybe my least favorite where it felt a little like getting into it. I had to kind of figure out sort of what they were going for a little bit, Uh which is weird because it's so much like the original, but just uh, maybe some of it is just like adjusting to live action. Honestly, you know, hearing, seeing humans instead of drawings and hearing them speak in English instead of in Japanese and... Uh, it was very similar, but different, which kind of threw me a little bit. I thought Jeff, uh, jet, uh, felt a little stiff in the, in the first, um, mm-hmm. episode, but then I kind of got like, okay, that's what they're going for. And I yeah. actually really appreciated it. Um, it wasn't until I finished the series that I realized that was, um, Mustafa Shakir, who was uh, Bushmaster, I think, in the second season of Luke Cage.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, the the Jamaican. Yes,
1: um, yeah, and like very different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, completely, um, completely. And so I, I was I was very impressed by kind of kind of the range there, and um, and then you know this the conclusion. There were some things that weren't my favorite, but I didn't feel like they really well, didn't make which sense. Which one?
0: Because I, th- I think there were at least three endings, possibly four. <laughs> yeah. uh- okay, I don't mean like <laughs>
1: the post credit type scene where uh, Ed shows up and his right. Eyn. I I mean I was like oh my goodness this character is so annoying but like yeah. <laughs> that's fine they're kind of supposed to be
0: yeah well let's just and say glad we're glad beginning we're gonna be spoiling the heck out of everything oh, yes. from this show right Spoilers. Um, so if you haven't seen it definitely hit pause go watch it or if you just like love the anime and want to hear us talk we're not really gonna do a series review as much as we're gonna dive into some ethical questions but you know it's also fun just kind of get a sense of the the show itself I, and, and I'm kind of poking a little fun because I felt like there were a number of points like. Honestly, I felt like just watching um, Spike fall into the water, like yeah. maybe the season was going to end there. Sure. Or like when, um, you know, there was like two or three other times where it was like, okay, fade to black, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like when Julia just like totally like, went, you know, locks up um, Vicious and is like, right. cool, I'm not going to shoot you. I'm just going to keep you here. Like could have right. ended there. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed each of those epi- endings, although, yeah, I – Ed was not my favorite character on the anime, yeah. and yeah. this version is, I think, a very good live-action, like, version of that character. I don't think that's a good thing, though. Right, <laughs> right,
1: I think it's a challenge, and I'll reserve judgment overall until the end. It might right. feel to me a little bit like Jet did in episode one, where over time I'm like, okay, I can accept yeah. this, but it was very abrasive, <laughs> and <Yeah>. I'm concerned, <laughs> but... You know. And
0: that actually kind of gets into one of the first questions I was going to bring up, because this is sort of an ethical thing, sort of just a general storytelling thing. You know, Cowboy Bebop is just one season. Um, and I I don't know all the ins and outs of anime culture, but, like, I, I've learned some, and so I've been talking and reading to others. And my understanding is, like, a one-season anime is actually quite common, and it's not like American television where, you know— you want your first season to launch multiple more, you know, unless you're like kind of an, a Netflix, more like a miniseries like Queen, Queen's Gambit or something like that. Although, even there, like often alternative season two, season three. Were you surprised that they did so much to kind of seed a season two at the end of this?
1: Not really. Uh, I could have seen it being more than um, like more of a limited series like the Queen's mm-hmm. Gambit, where it's like, yeah, we that's the story they told the story and we don't need a sequel to it you know I mean sure we can see stuff about where Beth goes you know Mm -hmm. after she's become this champion but the story was complete you know right and here I didn't feel like they were doing a limited series I feel like they would have been very clear about that up front Mm -hmm. Uh, the also the original was I mean it's I guess it's one season. I mean, it's also referred to as six seasons, like depending on where you look. Oh, interesting. But it's, it's like okay. 26 episodes, right, I believe. Right. Um, and then there's also um, a movie that came out shortly after. Right. So so the, it really was kind of a, you know, a closed, a kind of a coherent story. But it, it also, at the same time... I don't know. I I guess my my answer is no, I wasn't surprised that Mm it was kind of so open-ended, here we're setting up season two. Uh, But at the same time, I could see how they could have done a limited series and it could have been quite good. I think some things would have been different, Yeah. you know. Um, And, I mean, Spike definitely is the type of character who can come back in different seasons after appearing to be dead after falling from what looks like certain death. That's (laughs) That's <laughs> definitely happened. <laughs> there,
0: there's repeatedly. something there's something about the terraforming that makes water, a have no surface constant if you hit it, no matter how hot, how far away you're hitting it hmm. from, surface contents is the rule, but it's always like soft yeah, and elastic when you hit it, right. and it just has magical bullet healing properties because, like, Jet was shot in the chest <laughs> numerous times, let alone falling into the water, um, but, you know, terraformed water, it's magic. So. So my thought was, in terms of how we're going to cover this today, um, my thought was, let's talk about each of the major characters and kind of their story and some of the questions it brings up. Because I think, it, you know, ethics to me is, more than anything, it's about characters. And I think each of these characters, I think one of the show reasons I like the show so much is it feels like none of these characters are portrayed as, like, a good person or a bad person. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, some of the more side characters, definitely. Like, sure. they're protagonists and antagonists. Yeah, But, like... Each of the characters we learned quite a lot about has done some very morally questionable things at some point or another. Uh, or at least some of them certainly have. Uh, and so let's kind of start with our, our uh, main character, I think, in many ways, or at least one of the two, uh, Spike. What What's kind of your feeling on sort of how his story wound up? Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I would say Spike is the, the 1A, you know, number yeah. one protagonist, and then Jet would be like the 1B. I, I felt like Spike's... Um, they... They kind of develop his personality over Mm -hmm. the first eight episodes, but they don't give you too much about the backstory. There's, you know, you kind of understand the motivation, but you don't really know much of what happens. And then episode nine is really like, now we're going to tell you about Spike yeah, and Vicious and Julia. Um, But that episode I felt really kind of... um, It kind of put his character in a nutshell in a lot of ways for me, where, Mm -hmm. you know, especially the one act of where he, you know, I mean, kind of betrays his friends by, like, hooking up with his girl, right? Right. But, like, also saves his life by not murdering him and going and murdering a ton of people, including shooting a kid in the back. Yeah. Yeah. you know, who was running, who was like, go run away. And then breaking a
0: code that he had set up of like, we don't kill kids.
1: Exactly. So like, he kind of has this honor, but at the same time, it's, it's flexible. Yeah. You know? And, and so I feel like it's less about honor really. And it's more about just like this, this, you know, moral flexibility of thinking, you know, what do I want to do for whom? And, you know, and having a certain level of selfishness, but at the same time, you know, going to great lengths to try and help somebody Right. who maybe wh- isn't going to return the favor.
0: I, I mean, I think I think you're right. Like Episode nine, I think, is far and away my favorite episode. Uh, like, I don't think it's necessarily the most fun, but just all the ethical stuff it raises, all mm-hmm. the character stuff it gives us. And with Spike, I, th- I, I, I think you said it perfectly there. You know, in in philosophy and ethics, one thing that's often talked about is, you know, is your ethics rule-based or is it relational, you know, in terms of, like, Mm, one ethical system can be, especially when it's about, like, honor, like, I have this code of rules. I will not break those rules no matter who the people are involved. Another kind of – the more relational ethics can often be, these are the people to whom I have an ethical commitment, either because of blood or because I owe them sort of a moral debt. And the things that I have to do in order to protect those people are justified because of that relational thing. And what I kind of felt like really happened here and part of why he ran away is because those two things came into such conflict, you know, mm-hmm. and he yeah. had to realized like – uh, he has this debt in his mind to um, to vicious. I kind of want to know where they got their names like because at first I, I always thought those were nicknames <laughs> right but watching the father, I was kind of like I, I could see this father naming his son vicious and then yeah, being like for sure cool you're kind of our adopted son now fearless there you right, go right Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah I, I I loved it and you, I think what you were saying about how they gave it to they gave this backstory to us so late in his in the show. I think was really necessary because, like, often the backstory will be, yes, they were, like, tied up with a criminal gang, but they never, like, went quite so far. Like, it was that bad, but not too bad. Right. He murders a kid for being in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. You know, he murders a lot of people. He's clearly a criminal, you know, assassin. and. You know, last time we talked about this whole idea he's not really a uh, hero or an anti-hero, he's just a protagonist. And I felt like, to me, this was... I think if we'd gotten that backstory early on, it would have been a lot... I would have felt like, okay, so I am watching his redemption story. Mm, yeah. How do I feel about that? This was very different, and I liked it. Because it wasn't a redemption story. It was just saying, here's who the character is, and he's a decent person now, in some ways. But by the way, like this is his past.
1: Right. Yeah, uh, this reminds me of something that you've said a, a few times, I think about sort of redemption stories and whether it feels like a character might potentially be redeem, redeemable or whether we want them to be redeemed mm-hmm. often has to do with like where we meet them. Yeah. Um, and specifically I'm thinking of uncle Iroh.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Where
1: we don't see anything really about Bossing Say until kind of later in the series when we've known right. the character, the characters lovable and relatable to us. And we're like, Oh, he laid siege to the city for a really long time, and a lot yeah. of people died because he was doing all that, you know? And I think, you know, it, it would be like if you're trying to redeem... Um, I don't know. No, that, that I mean, I won't go along the Vader route. That's, that's, like, actually kind of very different and almost the opposite, but, yeah. you know, the idea of not... Or maybe it's similar. No, it's, like, the opposite. But the point is, it's like, we meet the character where they are now and then we kind of learn about where they've been things they've done that were like "Mm, I don't I don't maybe feel so good about that like that whole all of that kind of felt like it was like oh yeah no kids no kids and it's like when he shot the girl in the back that was sort of like oh Oh, okay (laughs) like I didn't I didn't really think he was going to do that so much although I kind of felt like "Uh, hmm they're they're holding this shot a little while yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) Like there's often cinematic tells like that. But. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I was definitely like, at first I was like, okay, he's not going at first. I thought the whole point was going to be because he didn't do that. He didn't actually do the job needed. People got away. Mm-hmm. Like I thought maybe she might've been cut. Like maybe she actually was part of the, like, you know, Neptune gang or something like that. Oh, sure. so right, right, it was going to be like, because he thought she was an innocent bystander, but then, yeah, then he fired. And I was like, I didn't see that coming. And yet yeah. it's actually perfect. Right, um, I,
1: I don't think she was an innocent bystander. I mean, I, which isn't to say that she's guilty, but I think she was somehow related to the people that he just killed. Mm, that's like she was coming to, yeah. to the party, I think, with like beer or something. I yeah, I think, and then he's like, "Just go," you know, and then she goes, and he's like, "All right, I'll shoot you in the back now." Yeah, um, which I guess is more humane. I don't know. Yeah, you
0: know, and um, and I think what I liked about his story so much is that. This wasn't a redemption arc. Like he was fixated on moments, but mostly what he's fixated on was that the feel, like this, this feeling of betrayal from his basically kind of his brother. Yeah. Um Like I, I kind of had a joke of like does bucho mean vicious in some particular language? Right, right, <laughs> um, right. right, right. <laughs> uh, bucho being the the antagonist in uh, Desperado. Um, but you know because we never see him flash back to that. Like he's not fixated on that moment. That's not like the moment he's trying to undo. I. I think what they really showed is that that's the moment that showed him that what he's doing couldn't, wasn't sustainable, you know, that he couldn't lead this life anymore. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't like, okay, that that's the horrible thing that I'm going to have nightmares about for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, he was leaving because he wanted to leave. Right. Yeah. Like He wanted to run away with Julia. Like yeah. it wasn't like, Oh, I can't keep doing this anymore. Like I don't want to be part of the syndicate. I mean, I think maybe he didn't want to be part of the syndicate cause he's like, well, yeah, I, if you're just going to kill off your own son, like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, I,
0: I thought it was both. I thought it was the – the Julia gave him the idea that there could be something different. Okay, yeah. But – and also that Julia was now someone else he could have a connection with. Right. Um, Which – uh, but I also think that, like, the shooting of the kid, the realizing that, like, he was almost about to kill his own brother. Right. You know, or, like, the person he sees as a brother. Like, it just – it, it – he had so many sort of moral extremes of things that yeah. he did, you know. He went from, like, I'm going to kill this guy who were- saved my life to I'm going to have a daredevil hallway scene and slaughter all these people. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I don't yeah. think it was just one take because they kept, like, panning past brick Right, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, let me just say it again. I don't think it was just one take because they kept, like, panning past brick walls, but it was – to me, it felt very influenced by the Daredevil hallway scenes and stuff like that.
1: For sure. It had that that continuous feel. If yeah. not, you know, there weren't a whole bunch of obvious cuts in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there were several people attacking him.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I liked that also, then we do get his past kind of catching up with him. And um, I think we can talk more about sort of where it leaves him and Jet, because I think we're both not thrilled mm-hmm. with the Foggy and Matt can't speak to each other at the end of the season aspect of it. But like, I like that. uh, We'll we'll talk about more when we get to Jet's character, but like, yeah, he had been keeping all of this secret for so long. And and in some ways, I think for Jet, it's like it's not going to matter until now. It impacts his own life.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And I mean, Jet was very much like, I don't even want to know. It's fine. You know, um, I accept you as you are now. Yeah, And I th- I think that, you know, while he has this kind of... Are we moving into Jet now?
0: I, I guess let me just you kind mean? of ask, just yeah, to kind no. of put a point on it with Spike, now that we've seen his whole season. like, <laughs> Spike, um, okay. Yeah, exactly. Well put. Um, <laughs> I, I think asking, is he a hero or an anti-hero, I think we've decided that's not really a worthy question. But just in terms of, like, knowing what he's done in his past, does that really change how you see his character? Is this still a character you're rooting for and you want to spend time with? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it
1: doesn't like, I mean, I think he was doing what he thought was the right thing to do. And like, yeah. you know, pretty fucked up. But at the same time, I get it. Um, it doesn't really make the character less sympathetic to me. Yeah. And um, in, all, in a way, it almost makes him more sympathetic. And I mean, I am partial to the, you know, somewhat reformed assassin. Yeah. character <laughs> so you know and i mean you Rose know point cowboy at, is a, a theme right he's as good at falling from uh, height after getting shot and falling into water and surviving as jason Bourne. so <laughs> there you go you know there you go although i, I guess uh fey is is more the amnesiac uh yeah. with a questionable past but yeah no i i feel like the background gives me more context to sort of mm-hmm. view him going forward um, and, but like, we already kind of knew the idea of what the background was here. I right. just got like some really, um, literal telling of it, yeah. which if it wasn't told so well, maybe it would have made me feel less sympathetic, but like yeah. it just, all of the actions there felt very relatable and, um, he felt very conflicted to me. Right. Yeah. And took very decisive action repeatedly uh, but while feeling very conflicted and and I find that compelling you know partially because like he's also very charismatic and yeah. you know I mean if he was like a really boring character outside of those moments I might not root for him as much and it's like well you know yeah. personality goes a long way
0: <laughs> which has, raises its own sort of set of ethical questions and i think goes to the whole like you know who we like about a character and i sure. I, I think one of the ways that i think of spike is because you and I talk so much and I talk so much about superhero movies and superhero TV shows, you know, and they are like it's in the name, like we're supposed to know these people no matter what terrible things they've done, they still in the end are our heroes. Right. These other people have done some good things, but they're still our villains. Like th- this is more like goodfellas or godfather, you know. Mm, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a story about people who probably are, are doing things that we don't think are like good things to be doing, but but very much, I mean, like in, in many ways to me, him and Vicious, like, uh, they remind me a lot of characters from The Wire. You know, like this is the world they grew up in, this is what they learned. Sure. Um, and, and maybe actually, I, I want to do Jet, but let's go to Vicious next. Vicious, because yeah. I, one of the things I thought was so brilliant about episode nine was for most of the show, you know, Spike has been the very relatable protagonist who you're very much rooting for, Vicious has been just this sort of like avatar of evil. You know, like, without much, just malicious, he's just malicious and awful, Mm -hmm. and you have a little bit of sympathy because of where he's stuck in the middle, and he's charismatic, for sure. But that episode, I felt like, I not only did I, we were both, like, you were seeing Spike in his worst, and we're also getting a lot of ways to feel sympathetic for Vicious in some way, in terms of, like, seeing what the childhood he went through and how he grew into this. Where'd you kind of wind up with Vicious at the end of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that episode in particular, as well as the one after it and the one before it, um, made Vicious feel very relatable without feeling less awful. Yeah. Like, he's an asshole. Like, he is very malicious, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's a dumbass as well, you know? But at the same time, he has some cleverness, and he's definitely good at what he does. Yeah, you know, and uh, I I feel like there's a you know the character's very different from the anime mm-hmm. version. Um, you know, they have the shot for shot in in um, uh, episode ten where you know he's got the sword and Spike's got the gun and you know, they're right. like in front of the, the stained glass window or whatever. Um, but the the character feels very different. I you you sent me a meme um that i will reference oh yeah please uh, do that um uh that vicious is like Geralt from um the witcher Witcher, but like after he discovers crypto which like i i I totally disagree um i feel like (laughs) it's a cheap shot at crypto i feel like it's definitely Geralt from the witcher um after he's done like a thousand kilos of meth
0: Yeah, (laughs) and listen to to a bunch of libertarian podcasts. Maybe that's the way we can go. Sure, sure.
1: Um, Also, maybe a cheap shot at libertarians, but that's fine. They (laughs) deserve it. But um, with a capital L, anyway. Um, But I I do feel like there is, (laughs) like, you know, Geralt's not like really a good guy either. But, like, kind of, like, here, Vicious is just so clearly messed up from his childhood. Like, when we meet his dad who at first I was like, is that Ian Holm? And then he killed him. I'm like, oh, we're definitely going to get some flashbacks because you wouldn't use Ian Holm for Mm -hmm. um, just like one scene where he just gets killed. It's not Ian Holm. It's, um, I think, is it John Noble? Um, Yeah, John Noble as Caliban, as his father, right? Who actually played Denethor in Lord of the Rings. So a different Lord of the Rings character. His
0: name was very relatable to me and I couldn't figure out what, or, or, yeah. His voice was very recognizable to me, and I couldn't figure it out until he took off the the big like helmet thing, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, okay, I recognize that face. Right, yeah. right. That's
1: the bad dad from yeah. Lord of the Rings, I, Boromir's it, dad, if you remember." We son.
0: we keep referencing some of the other favorite action things here, but in some way also, once I learned so much more about Vicious's childhood and him, like, you know. Be, I mean, very spoiled. You know, he had this yeah. thing of like he always could get out of trouble. Mm-hmm. He actually really reminded me of our two protagonists in um uh, the Warrior, you know, where it's like oh, the guy okay. who they don't meet as friends, but like they don't meet as kids, but it's still like you know the outsider yeah. who befriends the son of the the part the the mm-hmm. chieftain, you know, the head yeah. of the gang. Yeah. and yeah, I just thought I, I wound up feeling like Vicious was a very good antagonist, you know, because. I think if this was a traditional Marvel movie or something like that, don't get me wrong, I love hero movies, I think we would have gotten both of their backstories a lot earlier. Maybe mm, even yeah. like episode two or something like that. Yeah,
1: or we wouldn't have gotten Vicious's... I mean, maybe if it was a Netflix series, we would have gotten right. Vicious's backstory. But like in a movie, we wouldn't get it at all.
0: Yeah, not a movie, definitely. Um, and I just, I was like... I feel like that would have very much changed vicious's character, because it would have made him... I really like that they let us just come to hate him entirely, and, mm-hmm. and want to see him, like, put, you know, put down, right. but then also be like, yeah, but he... this is where he comes from, and it doesn't change who he gets in, grows into. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, by the way, you know, there's a way this person got this way, which isn't necessarily why he's as vicious as he is, but right. it's how he kind of got away with doing things the way he did. And it's... it. I mean, to me, it basically... It, it doesn't make me like him more in terms mm-hmm. of, like, being like, oh, yeah, I'd like to know that person. Like, n- no thanks. Yeah. But it makes him more uh, sympathetic. Like, literally just having sympathy for the plight of his childhood right. and adulthood being basically under his father's thumb, his father being, you know, very abusive. And yet his father's power is also how he keeps getting out of trouble when he gets himself right. into huge trouble. Although his father was like, yeah, just go ahead and kill him. Like, yeah. and, and then spikes like, no, I'll just kill all the other people instead."
0: <laughs> who aren't like, ter- I mean, I guess they're part of some kind of criminal gang, Yeah, but I mean, like,
1: yeah, they do bad stuff. Yeah. But they're not like, you know, child traffickers as far as we know or anything like that. Yeah.
0: They're, they're selling diamonds from Neptune. Right. Um,
1: from it's like in the atmosphere. So I don't know. It,
0: yeah, there is something like – there's something about – I think it, it raining diamonds on Neptune is like a real thing, but I have no idea beyond <clears> – <throat> I, I astrophysics, mm. not my thing. Right, right. Um, yeah, let's talk about – uh, well, just because, again, it's so connected to the story. Let's just kind yeah. of – I think that – let's finish up that trio. Let's talk Julia? about Julia. Sure. Uh Julie, uh, and then we'll get back to uh, Spike. I think yeah. it's
1: Julia. But yeah. Julia, I think,
0: yeah, you're right. Yeah. I wound up loving her character and I love the direction she went in episode 10 because I think it was easy to see her for a lot of the show as the the sort of the character that Faye Valentine often would have been if this was written 20 years ago. You know, it, it, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, the, the Faye Valentine character is the one who's always going to get you know captured and have to be rescued and be like right. kind of the, the damsel in distress. Most of the season, it felt like that's kind of what they were setting Julia up to be. And I love that that was not the case, you know, that she she was warned sort of to stay away from – like I, I thought it was going to be that she was actually with Spike for a while and then mm-hmm. like Vicious kind of stole her away or whatever. Right. Seeing that she like went into this relationship with Vicious with her eyes open, being yeah. warned against it, yeah, had this kind of traumatic moment where like she, you know, saw him like hit someone with a car and, and it upset her clearly. But then just seeing like the – for lack of a better term, the viciousness of, you know, her at the end, you know, I just was like, yeah, that many years with this guy would probably do that to you. And also that's probably part of like, I don't think she was like, you know, innocent, sweet person at the very beginning. Like she probably has some darkness too.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, first of all, just about Faye, like it was written 20 years ago, the original, right. Okay. And yeah. At, at points she does need to be rescued. Um, although I, I think everybody needs to be rescued at times in the series, they get themselves into bad spots, but For me,
0: twenty years Julia. ago is the 1980s, which um, <laughs> is a problem. But we're just going to move on, right? Um. Okay, moving on. <laughs>
1: um, the The Julia character in, I think, in the show is quite different, and I, I think here they, you know, definitely made a choice to, um, you know, throughout most of the story, she has very little agency, right? right? But you can see, like some wheels turning yeah right and like she's clearly trying to manipulate things it looks like things are going very poorly Mm -hmm. um and then when things resolve in a way that um you know that we you know that seems like oh good you know like you know vicious has been defeated and now you know she she basically shows up After a little bit of sort of machinations... Oh, that scene bothered me. Oh, my goodness. Which scene? So, so the scene where she convinces um, the syndicate person person in the backseat to, like, help her. Uh Uh-huh. Which, like, okay, cool. Great. And then she's like, I'm going to kill the driver first.
0: Yeah, that was... What? uh, I, I wanted two things. I wanted, like, to see a little bit more of them having been close in the past. Right. And, like that woman feeling clearly obvious guilt that like right. she knows she's doing something terrible to Julia by bringing her back to vicious. And she feels bad about it mm-hmm. because then there's sort of a, like I'm redeeming my mistake. Right. But also the, like, yeah, she's clearly, I mean, she's clearly not just like random impulsive person. If she's that high up in this organization. Yeah. yeah So for her to be like, yeah, you're right. We should turn on him right now. Well, there's another guy in the car and we're driving. <laughs> like, I mean, at <laughs> least shoot the other guy. And then put your gun on the driver and be like,
1: pull the fuck over. Yeah. You know, like, or shoot the driver second, but like, you're trying to kill the driver (laughs) and then the other person's in the front. Like, what are you doing? That just didn't make any sense to me. But um, I, I do agree with you in terms of it would be nice to see a little bit more development there. I did actually feel like, you know, the actress sort of sold to me the idea that that character was kind of questioning things. Yeah, definitely. As things like up until that point even. So... Um, so that didn't feel like it came totally out of nowhere to me. That's where I was like, oh, Julie is definitely going to be up to some shit. And then when yeah. she walks away from the car, I'm like, aren't you going to see? Oh, she doesn't care if she's okay. Yeah. And that, that was sort of where I was like, okay, she's, um, yeah, she's like maybe not the best in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's understandable. She's had, you know, she's been held as a a prisoner, basically. We found out, you Yeah. Know, um, we didn't necessarily totally know that the whole time. But, um,
0: yeah, I mean, just to say on the car, I I thought I had the exact same thought. and I thought it was very well done because it seems pretty clear that like that other woman, the guard, thinks that she's dying, you know, and is doing a kind of like you go on. I did this for you. Mm -hmm. Make this worth it. You know, right. Um, I kind of just made a private Ryan uh, saving private Ryan reference, which I really don't mean to because it's. The one awful moment in a fantastic (laughs) in an otherwise fantastic movie. Well, no, the graveyard scene also. But anyway, um, Mm. (laughs) um, but like you're right. Like if we wanted to show her that she was this innocent dove who needed to be rescued, she would have had a no, no. You saved me. Let me see if I can help you. And that the other person convincing her like no, no, no. It's hopeless for me. You go do. But in fact, she's just like oh, you want me to? Okay, cool. Peace. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And I just. I admit, I didn't see it coming. I loved her reaction to, to, to Spike. When Spike right. was like, you know, yeah. now we can make this better. Yeah. And, you know, because from her perspective, like, why didn't he come back for her? Why did he make yeah. her wait Yeah, time? yeah, yeah.
1: It's a really good point.
0: You know? and
1: Although, Yeah. Although it's like, there is a pretty legitimate, like, he thought she did didn't want him to. That seems legit.
0: Yeah. Although, I, I, I like, well, it's kind of funny, because it's a very Romeo and Juliet thing. Because they both talk about how they have this, like, deep incredible love for each other like they banged once Like right, right, and they right, like right. even then like they hung out a couple of times they weren't like at least well, as far as we got in the show
1: I think they hung out a little bit more than that like there uh-huh. was a fair amount of sort of third wheelage right you know, but like they but... weren't having
0: deep heart to hearts because yeah, yeah, yeah. Vicious was always there Yeah. yeah. Um. but yeah I, I, I guess I think I totally to me it's one of those miscommunications where I very much understand both sides Sure. I totally understand why from Spike's perspective he's like she chose not to. But I also understand from her perspective being like how could you think I would do that? Like we had just seen him kill someone, we'd just seen him do all these horrible things. I've just tried to throw everything I have out the window for you, you know?
1: Like Yeah, although like we've known each other for like two or three weeks, so also true, also true. But then it's like really you're that you know, hung up on this person, you know, for like just a few, I felt like it, honestly, I felt like it would have been a little more convincing if there had been a mm-hmm. longer period of time Yeah, of all well, of that going on. Like if they'd had an affair for like six months or a year or something or whatever, I don't know. Well,
0: maybe I'm headcanning too hard here, but what if that is kind of the point? Like that the idea was that this wasn't actually like the one true love of all time. Mm. It's that for both of them. Like they had become so emotionally numb and so emotionally dead right. that like here was one real moment of connection that kind of let them see there could be an alternative and it was kind of like their their excuse to get out, you know? Right, and like right. it may well be that they would have gotten out and three months later been like, ah, you snore, you, you <laughs> don't brush your teeth, but like we're done, you know? Right, like, right, 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 Um I don't know if that was intended, but I think it's certainly a way to read it.
1: I think that's a a, a very um Defensible head I yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I will say, I think we're. Or I think pretty clearly we're going to get a season two. I think there's a lot of good things that can happen in season two. I I feel like I'm going to be very disappointed if Spike if we still have a whole will they won't they with those oh. two. Like
1: yeah, I, I feel like that's det- that's decided now.
0: Yeah. I I, yeah. I I think it is. I just know like often shows do that, but then like. Maybe like I, I I want them to stick to that's over now.
1: Yeah, which isn't to say that they can't have interactions because oh yeah, I'm sure she's they will. apparently running the syndicate now <laughs> and they're kind of a big thing. Although I feel like a bunch of them just got killed. Um, yeah, like a lot of them just got killed, <laughs> right? Because like Vicious killed a bunch, right? And then Spike and Jet killed a bunch, and then she killed a bunch, and like it's it's not going so it's not their best moment. Right. But like yeah, I I think there is some like she's running the, you know, the organization now and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And um you know, now she'll maybe be like, oh I should have kept that woman around to save me because she'll probably yeah. be really loyal to me shit." <laughs> or
0: maybe she's not dead.
1: I mean, or like, I don't know. Maybe you're in a car accident and you're like, "Oh,
0: I'm dying."
1: Oh no, actually. I or guess I'm or
0: okay. I mean, I don't know. The one thing I could see and that I would buy is if she starts having real trouble
1: Oh. and sure. then
0: tries to go like, she goes back to Spike being like, I was wrong. I take it all back. I need you by my side. Right, right. And the implication is like, she might still have feelings for him, but really she's just like, you're a badass assassin and I need a badass assassin. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Totally.
0: Um, um, and I mean,
1: I could even see some weird, you know, uh, scenario where like Vicious and Spike end up teaming up and, whatever oh yeah
0: spike helps rescue vicious or something exactly like Like, i don't know
1: there's a lot of ways that things could go but i agree with you i don't want them to like rerun the same issue yeah you know exactly and similarly uh if if we come around to jet like i don't want to see the issue between spike and jet be another i want to see it (sighs) resolve and then not be a a thing again
0: this is in many ways it's funny Earlier, you were, you were talking about the TV show Hawkeye, and you referenced, um, you know, the Arrow and CW. Right. One thing I love about the Arrow and Flash and a lot of the CW shows is they are found family shows, mm-hmm. and they'll have major conflicts, but for the most part, the family stays the family. Right. And I remember that being one of my real frustrations with Daredevil and with some of the other Netflix shows was that. They would never, and like even with the Avengers, like they never just let the group stay together for a totally. long time. Totally, um, We got so few episodes of Matt and Foggy act, and certainly Matt and Foggy and Karen, um, but even just Matt and Foggy, like just mm. being avocados at law together. Right. And uh, so, so let, let let's get to that and just talk kind of about Spike's character. So what what uh, uh, Jet's character? Because yeah. I think I think we don't love how it ended, but. What what's your kind of feeling of Jet's character, especially what we saw of him in these last couple episodes?
1: I I really like how kind of naive Jet is. Yeah. Even after being burned multiple times. Yeah. Like, he's definitely this kind of idealistic like he's he's a realist, but he's also an idealist, you know? Mm-hmm. And he kind of wants to think the best of the people that he's decided to accept into his kind of graces or except into his circle of trust it hasn't gone great for him Mm -hmm. to be honest i mean he's had two partners we know about and uh one of them betrayed him and cost him five years in prison and uh and then tried to kill him i guess Mm -hmm. and then you know the next (sighs)
0: spike's
1: past came back to put jet's daughter at risk right um I don't actually see Spike as having betrayed Jet. Yeah, and that's partial. That's partially why the end kind of irked me some. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I do feel like I kind of understand where Jet is, and that Jet's like, "But I trusted you so much, and like you didn't trust me with that information." Yeah. But at the same time, like he didn't really lie to him. He was just like, "I don't want to talk about it." Yeah. You know, he's like, but you let me believe that. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I, I
0: think, I want to say, in, uh, 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 where I think Jet's perspective is, and then talk more about Jet himself, because I think okay. it all ties together. I think from Jet's perspective, the idea is that, like, having this connection to the syndicate means that you have a huge target on your back. Mm-hmm. And that especially once, because like in many ways, it's not just that, you didn't tell him, like, oh, by the way, I used to be part of the syndicate many years ago. It's that, oh, by the way, I was. And now they're hunting me again. Yeah, because,
1: that would have been a good thing to mention.
0: Because I think for Jet, that's where, you know, thinking that they're now going to go after his partner's family is kind of a stretch, but is at least within the realm of believability. And that gives me the other thing, which I think is actually kind of brilliant how it all ties together. This is now showing what Jet's ethics are. In that mm-hmm. Jet is, I think, also very much relational. Um yeah. He doesn't even seem to have a code. For him, it's like, yes, yeah, Spike, you're my person. I will do things for you now that I might not love, but I'm going to do them, you know, because you're my buddy, you're my, right. you're my partner. And that for him, the absolute end all be all of that is his daughter. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm fairly convinced he would have killed someone to get that doll if was needed, you know, like ah, not like right, a, right. He's not a store owner necessarily, but
1: like no, but like somebody else who's gonna buy it before he was, or yeah. if, if somebody stole it from them, he might shoot them just to get it back, like. And,
0: and It was a hard scene to watch, but I, I think it was a great job of acting. I 100% believed that he was like, "You're back! I'm so glad." He gives him that huge hug. I thought you yeah. were dead. I was so worried about you. And then the minute he learns that his daughter's in danger because of him, it just it all changes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like there's a there's a ranking of people, and his daughter's above Spike. Yeah, his Spike was near the top. Spike was near the top, maybe even second at the moment, but. Mm-hmm. His daughter was first and yeah. he's like, oh, you've put someone that I care about more in danger and, you know, right? A, who has nothing to do with any of this. And so now, you know, <laughs> now you go to the bottom basically. Yeah, And yeah, I bought it. You know, I, I bought it. I just, it's just one of those stories that I'm like, oh, I, like we've done this so many times and I just yeah. feel like every team story feels like it needs to have some like, big conflict within the team on a regular basis. And if this is kind of the one thing that like they need to get over and then we can go back to the just kind of like, you know, entertaining bickering in season two after they kind of get past this eventually and maybe season three, they can just be a successful team and like do whatever they do in season three and then maybe we're out. Cause I don't feel like this, it doesn't feel like it's going to be like a seven season show, you know, but Um, But I do feel like, you know, I buy it. Uh, Jet's character makes a lot of sense to me. I enjoy the portrayal. I feel like it's pretty faithful to the, you know, the essence of -hmm. the character, right? Um, I mean, doesn't look exactly the same, but feels Mm -hmm. very similar. Um, I miss the
0: facial hair. But otherwise, yeah, I love the look of this character.
1: Oh, what do you mean you miss the facial hair? You mean
0: jet I mean, has this just well. It may actually be because of um, yeah, the darker skin color maybe just doesn't show up as much. But yeah, oh, the anime jet has this very distinctive like weird angle facial hair.
1: Yeah, no, he does though. He's got he's got the like almost like Fire Nation beard or whatever. Oh, does he? Okay, I yeah, guess yeah, it's just because yeah.
0: it's against his his darker skin, and it just doesn't show for up for sure. As much. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's yeah, it's not it's not as visually pronounced, but it's definitely yeah. there. Um, oh, that's and, awesome. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, you know, and he's still got the um prosthetic arm which yep. apparently they have the technology they're just like oh we could just regrow that for you if you want yeah. and he's like no <laughs> this I, like is... the metal. I mean it's yeah. bulletproof like we <laughs> right <thought> it... <laughs> it came in pretty handy <laughs> literally <laughs> literally um,
0: <laughs> yeah i i think i just I, first of all just on what you're talking about there i i loved that it was causing tension in that episode mm-hmm. but to me like where where i was like ah oh, don't do this was then at when at the very end he's like thank god you're alive now i never want to see you again like right cause, yeah i felt like cuz like i i totally bought it there and like if they wanted to give it more of us i'd be like okay well maybe maybe have that happen in the episode earlier mm-hmm. you know maybe have like it end with the phone call about his daughter and then give us the flashback or give us some more time of the two of them apart and Faye. but uh, to me like uh, uh, Spike doing so much to help rescue Kimmy, like yeah. that should have been the thing that was like, alright, well you know, you're doing dishes for the next six months but Right,
1: like, I'm not talking to you for a month whatever
0: right? But you're back but, on the shit yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, or at least like you know, maybe like, hey, I need some distance and yeah. time but like, I'll see you around but like, yeah. to me you know, if I ever see you again I'm gonna kill you, felt like like, he he really yeah. did... Like, you just teamed up to save your daughter and he literally turned his back to take a bullet for her. Yeah. Like, literally took a bullet for her, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe you give a little bit more <laughs> leeway there. Yeah. Like, maybe that's kind of a redeeming act.
0: And I think also that's part of why at first I thought maybe this was just going to be a one and done because mm-hmm. I would be okay with it if that's the end. If part of the point mm. is, like... Cowboy Boobap's over Like the two of them Are no longer a team They're going their Separate ways But yeah I don't want Season two to be about Like Especially Because like to me Like if if anything The two of them Are going to get together Because Faye's in trouble You know But then I don't want Like okay So we spend three episodes Getting these two back together And then But Faye doesn't trust them Because she didn't Like just Right right Just get the three of them Back on the damn ship
1: Like Yeah I agree I agree And get Ayn back And I guess Ed can come along too yeah. And hopefully we'll grow <laughs> positively on us. I,
0: I also just, this is somewhat great, just great character development, but also some of the ethical stuff of it. Like, mm-hmm. I just love the portrayal of him as a father. Like, Oh uh, yeah. The scene of him watching the recital while the fights mm-hmm. happening in the background. <laughs> was like
1: h- hilarious <laughs> and great.
0: It was hilarious. And also just like, just the sh- like he very much had like a Terry Crews, like, you know, the, sh- the utter joy about his children, you know, his yeah, daughter yeah. was just yeah. so perfect. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, and I think because of things like that and the doll, I one hundred percent bought that. And and here's the other kind of ethical. Well, let, let you comment on that if you wanted to, and then I'll kind of keep going.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed. The- the relationship with the daughter and like kind of how he was you know trying to be there more but that it's difficult but like i really enjoyed that he actually got to be there yeah while spike was getting the shit kicked out of him or kicking the shit out of people back and forth you know in the background i mean i thought that was a great scene but also like i liked that it wasn't like oh i've got to go right away and then he missed it because that's just such a layup like manufacturing conflict and then we can have like the mom being mad and blah
0: blah 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 yeah
1: you know but here is like no we're actually gonna ha- let him have that nice moment yeah you know play it a little bit for laughs at the same time and you know and we actually get some action in the background that's kind yeah. of low stakes <laughs> action because like we know you're not going to have anything super serious happen back there yeah but, yeah i thought that whole episode was was really good um,
0: and, and it also developed uh, a dynamic that in our coverage of ant-man 2 i think i talked about this more there but Mm -hmm. one of the oldest tropes that also drives me crazy and i think you've said the same is the our hero has an ex-wife who now has a new partner and like he should win them back because the new partner is an idiot and like you know clearly that's his woman he should win back right and both in ant-man and this there's none of that you know and like it was actually really touching when the the mother was like hey yeah, you know, it, it. She wasn't like I want to get back together with you, but just like, hey, it means a lot to me that you are trying to be a part of her life like this. And and even the stepfather was like, kind of, yeah, like, you know, he but he's like, oh, dude, you just killed the guy who could have gotten your name cleared. Like, that, yeah, he he's kind of like, buddy. He's kind of twisting his tail, yeah. But he's being <laughs> like, so yeah, I just love the way that that dynamic between the three of them developed. Yeah,
1: and I think that was that was the moment when, um, Chalmers, the mm-hmm. like stepdad, or, yeah. or whatever. Um found out that jet definitely didn't do it, yeah, and that jet found out Chalmers definitely didn't set him up, right, yeah, so it, there that... was I think a moment of understanding from that that was episode five, but yeah, I think that plays in very heavily to very jet's so. character and and that dynamic which which yeah, I mean it's very similar, it's like you know the 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 dad is like on often on the wrong side of the law, but kind of a good guy, and like the you know the stepdad's a cop and they're a little bit at odds, but yeah. then thing you know, but then the you know the dad's like trying to be there for the daughter and it all kind of works out okay ish. Yeah. You know? In the way that things in real life sometimes work out okayish. Like yeah. people get along and move on and it there doesn't always have to be some huge drama around yeah. something like that. It can kind of just be the way it is.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about the uh one last kind of like really major character we haven't really gotten into, uh Faye. Uh and I I have been curious to read, there's actually a lot of like debate back and forth about her character. Um I mean there's the, the idiotic uh comments from those who just wish her outfit was sexier, which I, I think she looked amazing in this outfit, but they just wanted it more revealing. But even putting those aside, there's a you know, I I was kind of surprised to see a lot of comments from folks like thinking her characterization wasn't good. Or, cause I, I really enjoyed her character, but what what did you think of her character and kind of the way they evolved her and the choices she makes?
1: I would say that, I mean, yeah, like the anime costume is just, it's an anime costume. Like, yeah. The, the actress actually, I think, tweeted like, well, we tried that costume, but it uh, entirely disappeared into various crevices of mine, never yeah. to be seen again. So <laughs> we went with this other more practical costume, which, you know, I think makes sense. I think it's a good choice, like practically and visually, I think it yeah. works. You know, um, you know, people complaining that something isn't exactly how it is. It, it's like people saying Ahsoka's uh, head tails were like not long enough. And it's like, come on like you know it's like okay you know i I, whatever bothers you bothers you that's fine but like i i I can't get on board with the outrage over that sort of thing i Mm -hmm. do think the character is very different agreed in the show uh in in the live action from the anime yeah and you know which is fine um spike and Jet both feel very similar. You know, Vicious is very different too, mm-hmm. and I think some people didn't like that. Vicious is way cooler in the anime. Yeah, you know, he's like the crow, or what he's got like a raven on his shoulder all the time. Yeah, like you know, um, here he, he feels like a meth head kind of. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but I think you can have a similar character or a character who's. Kind of fairly different in essence, mm-hmm. but works better for your story. Maybe works better in live action than, like, I, you know, when they do the live action Avatar, like, I kind of think Sokka can't be quite as goofy.
0: Yeah. You know, right. and I
1: think ang maybe can't be quite as goofy, but, like, they can still try and capture most of the essence of the characters. I don't know. They can be, you can tell a few more jokes than in the yeah. live action movie, uh, which I think had zero. But,
0: and, and like, one thing I was watching, like, noticing this, even more so, I think, than in the original, a lot of the scenes looked very much like modern day Earth. You know, in terms of like the sure, technology yeah. and stuff. And there's some of that in the original, to be sure. But like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's very true. I think the, I feel like there was a lot of the like character traits of Faye were in this. You know, in terms, mm-hmm. in terms of, like the sassiness and the, um. But obviously, they took her in very different directions. But I didn't mind them. You know, and I felt like, uh, I, I forget is the amnesia thing even a part of her story in the original?
1: Yeah. So she's an amnesiac con artist i think basically
0: right and
1: um and there's like a bounty on her and she's like in debt and there's there's a bunch of stuff like that yeah i I think her first appearance in the series is um she's like running a con as like a casino dealer or something and then there's some chip that's got some special Mm -hmm. decrypting properties or something like that yeah so you know the way she you know she gets captured by them and then locked up in the toilet and so there's some kind of similar scenes mm-hmm. um here they introduced her earlier and i kind of felt like her first appearance didn't quite gel with her when she came back in like episode four mm-hmm. right because she i don't think she was in all the episodes of this uh of the of the lie yeah she was
0: pretty much totally out of episode two and i think and three i think she's coming back in three maybe She coming back in four no you're right she does come back in four
1: Right, with the uh the eco terrorists, right? Right. That's where she Yeah. But, you know, she I I really once she came back and had this very clear character arc, I really enjoyed her character. Yeah. And so I would say like, you know, I'm sympathetic to people who don't like changes mm-hmm. to characters or or you know, media that they love. Yeah. I'm sympathetic to that. Um, but I think some of the particular changes you know, it's like the wardrobe, it's like, it's not that far off. It's in the spirit of, yeah. I feel. <clears throat> and so that's kind of like, I'm going to roll my eyes if you're complaining about that. If you're like, I just didn't love this portrayal, whatever. You yeah. Know, okay. That, sure. Well, and I, uh, I, think, I think to uh, me. But I think this was an interesting <clears throat> character.
0: Yeah. I think that's the, the real key for That's me. what I, it comes down to. I think there's a difference between, I think there's a big difference between this is an interesting character, but not like the character from the show. And so I'm disappointed versus. This is a bad character. Right. This is a one-dimensional character. I yeah. I didn't get that at all. You know, I thought like the way her and her mother fell into that like the con yeah. to get the valet, I just I just loved. You know, mm-hmm. and I I I really want to see more of her character. And I, I kind of feel like, I mean, it, it feels like season two, the main plot arc will probably be hers. You know, I mean, there, there may be others, but like her finding her identity is going to be a really big part of the story. I think. Um and, and I just and and I'll kind of address you know because we often talk about the importance of representation. Mm-hmm. I think one thing has gotten a lot of people upset is that we you know she's now canonically queer. She hooks up with a woman. Um, I loved the way they did that though. A just because like I mean I think if you think there weren't lots and lots of fans who saw her as queer beforehand, you're you're very wrong. <laughs> like I think she, the character is portrayed in a way where I think reading her as bi or queer or lesbian or any of that. Is certainly very possible. Yeah, there's some flirtation with Spike, but that could be anything. And again, hooking up with a woman doesn't mean that she's not interested in both or all sure. genders. But also just the way that it was done, it didn't feel to me like, hey, let's let her hook up with someone just to check the box. Yeah. Because more than anything, what it did was highlight what I think is a really fascinating part of her character of someone who is like, oh, I am into women. That that's kind of cool. Like, oh hey sexual sex is fun i forgot because i forgot everything right. you know and like that later scene where she's like am i a butt girl or a boobs girl i'm not <laughs> sure like it was hilarious but a to me that felt the very that felt very much in character with, like the very irreverent um uh, mm-hmm. Faye yeah, from the show yeah. but it also to me just really it, it got to the essence of like yeah it sucks to be finding yourself but also it can be kind of fun like just blank
1: slate Right, exactly. Like, she can be who she wants to be. You yeah. know, she doesn't have a history of like, that she has to figure out, well, am I still that person? It's like, you don't know who you were. So, like, whatever. What do you like yeah. now? What do you want to do? You yeah. know? And um, yeah, I thought that scene in particular, I kind of felt like it was pretty telegraphed, but I think deliberately. Um, oh, yeah. I, I feel like it didn't feel like it was just checking a box. Like, it also didn't feel like it was being played just to be like titillating or whatever. Like it was sexy, but not super objectifying. And it was also, um, it felt very much in the line of the story and, um, and there was some humor in it, you know? And it it just, I feel like it worked very well. It kind of felt like it fit seamlessly into the story. I really liked when jet came back and he's like, what the hell? And she's like, what? He's like, this is the engine room, Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like he doesn't care like that. She's hooking up with someone. He doesn't care that she's hooking up with a woman. He's just like, you're in the engine room, fix the engine. Like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. I, I thought I, I want to get back to, to that. Well, let me actually do this in another order. Mm-hmm. Um, First of all. Yeah. I, 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 I very much agree with the, the te- even it feeling telegraphed to me, that's intentional because it's supposed to be like, this woman is very obviously hitting on Faye and Faye right. is completely missing. Oh, so it's yeah, like, yeah, totally. yeah, it's kind of like it's telegraphed. Cause like, that's the point. Yeah. But also, yeah, I, again, it's subtle. They made such a good, they, I thought they did representation so well in, in that, in the queer regard they did in, in all, in many mm-hmm. a, because yeah, neither Jet nor, I don't think Spike even knows about it, but certainly right. Jet doesn't have a like, oh, Hey, she's a lesbian. We just yeah. found out. I think it's very clear that, like, the, the gender of the person she's with is completely irrelevant to him. It's just like, yeah. don't, don't, that's the engine room. Come right, on. Right. Yeah. Or, or also, like, I'm paying that woman by the hour. Like, yeah, you know? right,
1: exactly. It's so, like, get the engine fixed and then do whatever yeah. you want. Like,
0: the other thing, though, I think is worth pointing out, because, again, it's not explicitly said, but I think it's very clearly implied, especially when you know who the actor involved is, is that the character of Gren is, is transgender, is non-binary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, I did know, I think at least once or twice, I think they use they pronouns for Gren. I know certainly they never use either he or she. Yeah. And um, the actor is uh, themselves non-binary. So I think it, it's supposed to be very intentional that that's what we're going with for the character. And I just, I loved Gren and Anna as kind of side characters who also mm-hmm. were sort of like one more, sort of like we're not taking sides, but we have our own like, you know, loyalties and stuff. But also just having that one more character who's like, yeah, Gren is, you know, really good at like the I mean I I thought the way they first introduced them of like you know feel the notes nibble on your neck and right, feel right, the right. key of F the sexiest key I was like this is so over the top and it's fantastic and I love it right right
1: yeah I I, I really um I like both characters I I like both actors and mm-hmm. um I I felt like what I mean one thing that I just really appreciate about that representation, and a lot of the representation throughout is that um, it feels very understated, mm-hmm. but like very real at the same time. And we, you know, we were talking about a future in which, in which, um, you know that uh, that Star Trek has this very positive, kind of hopeful vision of what a future could be. Right. And overall, like economically, Cowboy Bebop does not have a very positive, hopeful right vision of what the future could be but in terms of like bigotry yeah you know like it's nice to see this it it feels like a future in which you know people aren't being you know openly homophobic they're not being openly transphobic they're not being Mm -hmm. openly racist there might be some sexism still but it feels like not as much you know um some of that's more just specifically the relationship yeah. dynamic between Vicious and Julia. Yeah, I so feel like Vicious but,
0: has it, but he's very much an outlier, I think. Right,
1: exactly. And and so there's definitely a feeling of like, like without even saying it, like the future could be like that.
0: Yeah. You know, like we
1: can hope for that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, um, th- this is an odd thing to be like, yay, representation, but like every time, uh, Spike, like you know just beat up or killed a whole bunch of nameless thugs there was always Mm, some like female presenting thugs in the group and i was like yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. i really liked that the syndicate was you know not all male yeah right and and that that the the thugs were were of you know of any and all genders and and races
0: um, and background like you know
1: exactly exactly they're equal
0: opportunity awful people Right,
1: exactly. (laughs) Um, You know, and and the cops too, I think. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I I like seeing futures like that. And I think it's important to have stories that, you know, kind of center representation and are like, this is what this story is about. And, you know, we're going to tell a story specifically of like what it's like to have such and such aspect of identity or whatever. But I also think it's very important to have stories where... People of all identities, of all types, just simply get to exist Yeah. without that being the a big thing, yeah. you know? Where it's like, you get to be a hero, you get to be a side character, you get to be a villain, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can be any of these things, and that's not what the story's going to be about. The story's going to be the story, and but just, like, y- you exist, so you exist yeah. in, in media, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think, like... I think this applies for almost all things, but, like, on this particular one, you know, is it interesting, are we telling a queer story, or are we telling a story that has characters who are queer? Right. And they may be antagonists or protagonists or or, or side characters, and, and, yeah, it's the, like, it's a problem when you're like, oh, look, this character's black, this character's a woman, but, like, everything else is exactly the same. Like, you're not, you know, and and... I remember when we talked about Shang-Chi, and, and you pointed out the little thing of, like, when, when he goes over to his friend's uh, grandparents' house, like, he takes off his shoes, you know? It's not, like, yeah. the movie isn't about, like, you know, um, Joy Luck Club was, like, a, a, a really good movie, but that was very much, like, Americans, this is about Chinese Americans and Chinese culture, and, and, like, that was great, and it was a great, like... Yeah. That, that's not what this is, but, but Shang-Chi is a Chinese-American character and all the ways that that influences things were, were present there. And that's, yeah, to me, that's exactly what this was. Is th- It's not a queer story. It's a it's a story about a universe that has all kinds of people, some of whom are queer.
1: Right, exactly. And and I love that. I, I want to see that in a lot of stories. Like all the stories that aren't specifically about, you know, a particular experience I yeah. want to exist in a world where all the types of people exist, you know? Right. I have to correct myself uh, from a, our Shang-Chi uh, podcast where mm-hmm. I had heard and listened to it and it sounded right, um, that the the line that Tony Lung gives about, like, I have... It says, like, you know, like, basically the line is translated, like, I'm a lot older than you, like, grandpa, you know, step right. aside or whatever. But um, I thought it was, I have eaten more years than you've uh-huh. eaten rice. But the actual um, line is, I've eaten more salt than you've eaten rice. And the words for year and salt is very similar. But okay. I mean, if you think about it, think about how much physical rice you could eat and then how much sodium that much physical salt would be.
0: Okay, that's fair. I was like, I oversalt my food by quite a bit, but yes, no, you're still in terms of like, <laughs> but you're not one to one ratio. <laughs> no, of no. rice, and you know, for
1: in a culture where rice is a staple, right? Yeah, like, exactly. You might not eat as much rice as the average uh-uh. um, person. There. I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. Yeah. but yeah. Anyway, I just, I just uh, thought that was, uh, you know, yeah, that's cool. That's appreciated because you, you, brought up the, <laughs> the shoes and yeah. you know, Shang-Chi.
0: Um, so I think that's kind of all the big things I wanted to touch on. Any other stuff you wanted to bring up? I mean, there's so much more. But we we could have done – if if we didn't have, like, this odd ability to, like, you know, generate income, I think we could have easily done episode by episode of the show. Like, there's so much to talk about.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think each episode has interesting, um, you know, uh, questions that are raised. You know, characters make decisions. I, I like that There's there's, like, a good deal of agency for the most part, but then there's mm-hmm. also – some of the sort of, not the hopelessness of, like, the oppression of capitalism or whatever, but just the sort of, the reality of, like, yeah, you know, you need to eat, and when that's not provided for, you often have to go and figure out what to do. Right. And, I mean, I think in the real world, like, a lot of people work jobs that, like, they're not thrilled about. That yeah. if they're like, is this a thing that I really want to be doing, would I be doing it, like, if I didn't have to do it, you know? Or, like, is it... I uh, I'm going to go on a little aside about poker very briefly. Go for it. Um, Basically, like when I first was like thinking about being a poker player and being like, that's what I'm going to do for my primary income. You know, a lot of people are like, yeah, but you're not really doing anything that, like you're not making anything, right? And, and, you know, and someone was like, well, yeah, but I'm kind of like entertaining the people and play, whatever. Like that's whatever. Like the, the point is, is like, if I think about all the jobs people do, a lot of them are like, I think the world would be better if no one was doing that thing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know,
1: of course there's things that like people do that are great and very helpful and very important. Um, but if people weren't like stuck doing so many of the things that I kind of think like maybe are not the best and maybe the world would be better if nobody was doing those things, then there would be more time and more, you know, ability for people to do the things that I think really do add value to the world and to other people's experiences. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That was kind of out of nowhere. But um, but I feel like in Cowboy Bebop, like they are kind of stuck in the cycle of they're always looking for the next bounty right. because they need fuel. They need food, yeah. you know, fuel for the ship, fuel for their bodies, basically.
0: I, um, I mean, it's funny. Going back a few steps, the hopefulness, hopelessness of it, it's kind of very much a very like Marxian analysis of – I'm not talking about like the political but like sure, part yeah. of Marx as an economist. Yeah, yeah. Like one of his social theories was that like all other isms basically fall to classism and economic things. And like mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's entirely true, but there's kind of that element here of like, yeah, eventually like oh, we don't care if you're gay or straight. We don't care if you're black or white. Like, do you have money or are you getting oppressed? You know? And like right, that's right. and <clears throat> I to me I feel like this show walks the line. Lawn... I think one of the reason I like it so much is <clears throat> I don't yeah, if if characters have no agency, there's not much to talk about. If characters have complete and total agency, well, that's interesting, but that's eh my some of my favorite stories are where characters are in very difficult situations where there isn't a single clear good choice. Mm-hmm. Where there's a lot you have agency, but your options are cut off and it's like, okay, which of these is the least bad? And and how do I decide that? And I think that's very much what this is, you know. None of these people are doing things that, like, they wish they were doing, Um, you know, but they're all doing their best to make, to get, get through the best they can. And, and, and we get to watch them and see how they do it and and see how we feel about it.
1: For sure. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of just interesting quandaries because it's like, they don't have the luxury of doing nothing a lot of the time. Although sometimes they're like, yeah, let's just sit on the ship and do nothing. (laughs) But You know but they have to go out and do the thing and they have to make choices when they do that and a lot of the times they're not easy choices yeah definitely
0: all right i think it's probably a good part to wrap up um we we briefly mentioned poker and paul i know you're doing more poker stuff that people can check out these days where can they find that
1: uh zen madman poker on uh youtube i'm i'm trying to kind of move towards making more broadly accessible videos i'm I'm not the best yeah. at not getting, like, really into the weeds on strategy. <laughs> <laughs> like, really into the weeds. But uh, but I'm trying. And uh, then I'm also ZenMadMan on Twitter and Twitch. Yeah.
0: Definitely a lot of stuff worth checking out. Um, uh, definitely worthwhile. And, of course, uh, you can find all the stuff about <clears throat> my various podcasts under The Ethical Panda. You can search for that on Facebook, EthicalPanda77 on Twitter, or the website, TheEthicalPanda.com. And that will give you, most importantly, the contact information, because... You know, what do you all think of Cleveland Bebop? Uh we love to hear your, your thoughts on these. You know, which characters do you see as kind of like ones you're rooting for and not rooting for? Are they all terrible? Are they all wonderful? Um, the the fun part of the show is the interaction that we get with you all. Um and I love when you all send in message. Uh, every email I try to make sure I respond to, every Facebook post, Twitter post, and certainly if you're okay with it, we'll read it on air and talk about it or just, you know, let us know and we'll we'll talk about it here. So um, please give us your thoughts that way. Uh, please check out all the great things Paul's doing, all the other things, all my, all my other podcasts, uh, Star Wars Universe podcast, the other big one I'm doing, and we will be covering every episode of uh, the book of Boba Fett when that comes out. Paul is going to protest. He's absolutely not going to be part of it. He will love the first episode and then probably be uh, part of every episode until they do something terrible to animals. He'll quit in a and then come back by the finale. Um, We'll see. Paul is nodding yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Robert
1: Rodriguez. Like, I got, I, 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 I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm probably going to love it. Of course. We'll of
0: course. Um, but we'll see. You know, who knows? But uh, so check that out. Uh, check out Marvel Movie Minute. We're doing minute by minute analysis of that movie with uh, the, of the movie Thor. Check out all the other great things on Stranded Panda podcast. And of course, our friends over at Hype is a Superpower. And most importantly, have a good day.
1: I do have one more thing.
0: <laughs> Go
1: for it. <laughs> like. When they found out that Ayn could broadcast, like, video from his eyes, they're just like, we're gonna leave you on a pier, peace. That was messed up.
0: Yeah, that's, that's...
1: But I'm glad it's gonna come back.
0: Yeah, I I, I, I sort of get it in the kind of, like, there's so many bad things that are happening right now, and we don't, like, someone's gonna come looking, just... (laughs) i'm sorry dog your problem number six and i only got time for my problems but yeah people in
1: that world you know could
0: that was messed up i'm glad i found him i me too i i think they're gonna get some feedback of like maybe let's tone it down 30 percent or so but we'll see
1: i don't know yeah Uh, we'll see
0: anyway all right awesome last point thanks everybody take care